the blast from our past network. Supernatural, Halloween, exploitation, slashers, and everything in between. Welcome to the Podcasting After Dark Watchlist, the show where a guest chooses a topic and the hosts, along with the guest, discuss their top five favorites. Light a candle, hide your Ouija board, and enjoy the Podcasting After Dark Watchlist. Welcome to another episode of Podcasting After Dark Watchlist. I am one half of the Podcasting After Dark team. I'm Corey, a.k.a. Sleazy C. And joining me today is Dean the Dream from Talking Back. How you doing, buddy? Oh, man, the dream. I love it. I'm doing great, <laughs> man. I am doing great. How are you, Corey? I well, <laughs> we talked a little bit offline, but uh, I am sitting in or- the Oregon smoke uh, that is happening right now, and uh, it's it's wild, my man. But you said you guys are doing up uh, a okay up there, right? Yeah, no, we are. No, we are no okay. Weird up weather here. patterns. Yeah, we're fine up here. Nothing, nothing scary weather wise at the moment. Cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. Nothing scary weather wise. The rest of the the whole rest of the scenario is is a whole uh, yeah, other story. The rest of twenty twenty is a shit show. <laughs> exactly but uh yeah we're not gonna talk about that nope. shit because n- nobody wants to hear it they nope. want to hear the the fun shit and uh dean since you picked this topic why don't you let everybody know right at the top what we're doing today uh yeah sure what we are doing today um is 80s r-rated action movies mm. and i've actually got some parameters on my list you said you had some parameters on yours as well so I would like to get into exactly what mine are going to look like because they might <laughs> yeah. not be the 80s R-rated action movies that everyone thinks they're going to be. Um, I want to lead off by saying I'm a huge fan of this show. I, I just love it. I love you and Zach. It's fantastic. Um, so much so that I've got a little surprise for you right now. Oh, Dean's wearing a podcasting after dark shirt. I got to take off my, my sweater God. here. It's getting a little hot in here. Um, but yeah, I got a podcasting after dark shirt. I am a huge fan of you guys. Um, oh, dude. <laughs> and why, why that is, is because your podcast makes me feel like, um, it's like those, like, like it's supposed to be. It's those, those late night movies those sleazy movies that like you're not (laughs) supposed to watch those r-rated movies that your parents like at least my parents wouldn't let me see um and i had it comes up on talking back every now and then but tim had uh, much more loose parameters than i did when it came to watching movies when it came to me my parents really cracked down um Mm. so i wasn't allowed to watch anything nothing like i got to the point where I was 11 years old and I was afraid of every movie because I wasn't allowed to watch anything. But then when I hit like 12 and 13, I was like, well, no, I like movies and I want to watch these movies. So it right. really, your show just reminds me so much <laughs> of like staying up till midnight, one in the morning and just like trying to find any movie on TV I could that I thought's going to be like all right, I thought's going to have action in it. I thought's going to have sex in it. Like I just like when I was a teenager, that's the stuff I wanted to watch. Um, hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. And I had to like... <laughs> I, I had a friend when I was young who taught me like ways to hide those movies from your parents because like he was the same as me. His parents wouldn't <laughs> let him watch anything, but we loved movies. So, you know, like 
recording it on VHS and labeling it a different name or, um, yeah, which was, it really worked out. Or, uh, I have one where, uh, I would go to Walmart with my mom and they don't check like how old you are if you buy something in the electronics section. So I just go tell my mom, I just wanted to like go in the electronics section and look around at the movies. And I end up buying all these R rated movies that they just let you buy. You know what's ironic about that is that now I go to Walmart and I buy an R-rated movie and I'm at the self-checkout and then I can't go any further because someone has to come over and like check my ID. And oh, I'm like, that's hilarious. I'm 42 years old. Like, why is this happening? That is so funny. <laughs> they did not have those checks when I was young. It was so easy to buy. It was so hard to rent R-rated movies, but it was so easy to buy yeah. R-rated movies. Um, so anyways, because your show gives me those feelings, I went with, for my list, for my top five 80s R-rated action movies, I went with the movies that I had recorded on VHS, the movies that oh, I had went and cool. bought at Walmart, the ones that I just, the action movies that I really, really loved and watched over and over and over again when I wasn't supposed to. Okay, okay, cool. All right. Um, before we get into my parameters, I, I was going to plug talking back. You, you kind of uh, jumped uh, in front of that. But uh, the I like I said, when Tim, when your brother Tim was on the show, I freaking love your all's podcast. I love, Thanks, obviously, man. I love the rapport and everything. And you know how, like, you, you start listening and, you know, you guys are my friends. I'm hearing it. And even if, like, the fact that you're, you know, even if you weren't my friends in real life, yeah. I would be like, yay, they're still my friends in the podcast world. And, you know, you kind of find out that's sort of how everyone, you know, listens to podcasts these days. But, man, I love going on the journey with you guys. I love, like, just, just you know, Digging in deep into your psyche, I, I don't know, I kind of get a, a thrill out of that, but cool. you guys have been picking some fantastic movies, and anyone can pick a, a fun movie, right? Anyone can do an episode on Predator 2, but you guys, the passion that you bring to it, the the the, the knowledge that you bring to it, the I love the tidbits and the, the factoids that you guys bring in, but more than that, because I can kind of read that anywhere, more than that, I love hearing about what these things mean to the two of you, I love hearing about like how Tim having an older brother like Tim sort of influenced certain things didn't influence uh, other things <laughs> Tim doesn't remember taking you to, to, to some of your movies and <laughs> and this and that and and also because I didn't have an older brother so seeing how it affected you seeing how having an older bro uh, brother affected Zach uh, even um, uh, Adam and John hearing their dynamics yeah. and uh, me being an only child um, it was it's interesting to sort of put that juxtaposition there but what I think really you guys really stand out in, in, in a very crowded market. We're all swimming in a very crowded market. And like I said, if we weren't friends, I'd still be listening to your podcast. I'd still be listening to Talking Back every single freaking week. You guys are freaking awesome. So please out there, we you know, we plug Talking Back, you know, on, on our episodes and everything, but you know, please go check out Talking Back. These Tim Tim and Dean are freaking awesome. So you guys are so much fun to listen to. Oh, thanks, and you man. guys bring like a, a different dynamic. Like it's such a it's such a fun dynamic that kind of like it's just it's perfect. It's just a perfect coalescedness of 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 fun. Um, so all that being said, kind of has nothing to do with how I picked my uh, parameters, but uh, I'll jump into my parameters. I have two. One, only one Arnold movie <laughs> okay. because yeah. I this could have just been. Uh, uh, an Arnold totally. Schwarzenegger list. That's all it could have been. Because totally. I was like, okay, I've got like three Arnold movies on here and I got to just, I, I got to trim it down. So I gave myself the parameter of one and 
I always lean heavily on sci-fi action, but let's all agree that there's a difference between sci-fi action, sci-fi slash action, and action slash sci-fi. So, mm, yeah. just to, to just to illustrate what that means, you know Aliens is my favorite movie, but I'm not putting it on this list even though it's an action movie because I think it's sci-fi slash action. I don't think you would have the action without the sci-fi. Yeah. Same as Terminator, spoiler alert for my list. Um, and again, this is just for me. This is my own personal thing. Uh, I was like, you couldn't have the action without the sci-fi. But like something like, say, Mad Max... You can still have car action. Like, it doesn't right. have to. This, so, I, I would say, like, Mad Max would be, or, or you know, Thunderdome would be uh, action sci fi. Okay. So, I said, because it was just, uh, you know, too much at this point, I said, I'm only going to do action sci fi. So, it can have a sci fi spin, but primarily action. And the final <laughs> caveat to throwing me off on this whole thing was I was like, from get-go, from day one, my, my number one was Red Dawn. And I was laboring under that, you know, uh, uh, assumption until I double-checked and verified that Red Dawn is PG-13. Yeah. And I was like, mm. are you fucking kidding me? Like, kids get straight up executed in this movie. Wild. And because, like, the squibs aren't very bloody, they're more like the explosive squibs, you know, which is weirdly more traumatizing, you know, right. because these, like, like, especially when Leah Thompson gets shot, like, her freaking puffy jacket, like, explodes. And But the fact that it's not uh, bloody... Makes it PG-13. And all I can say is, dude, the 80s were a wild fucking time. They were man. a wild fucking time, man. These lists are going to be so much fun because the 80s were wild. I was, I had the same problem where I was like, that's PG-13? That's PG-13? Oh, mm -hmm. my goodness. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I was. it was pretty easy for me to make my list because, like, there were, there were kind of only six or seven R-rated action movies I was really into when I was, like, 12. Um, so right. it was pretty easy to narrow it down to the five I wanted. <laughs> I mean, there were a shit ton more in, in the 90s. Yeah. So I'm thinking you and I may have to do a part two to this. No, fuck that. I'm calling it right now. Fuck yeah. You and I are going to have to do a part two, uh, a rated R action 90s movie. Oh, I'm down with that. a shit ton more in, the, in that category. Yeah. And by the way, and I guess as like a, a sneak peek of it, uh, Dean and I both did pick one honorable mention from the 90s, yeah. which let's moving forward, let's make sure we don't put that one in uh, the, the the next list. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you guys hear it now, hear it first. We're definitely going to do a, a, a follow-up to this because there's a lot of good shit in the 90s action-wise. Yeah, for sure. Well, buddy, you um, I think we're going to have a lot to talk about. I think so. so. Why don't you kick us off? Uh, normal rules apply to these things. If uh, Let's say if you say if your number five is my number three, we will talk about it when we get to my number three. Okay. Whoever has it on the lower end, we'll talk about it then. Okay, that's fair. I didn't think we were going to have any that lined up, but now hearing your parameters, I think we could. Um, so I don't, yeah, we'll see. Um. So we've mentioned, uh, you've mentioned Talking Back, uh, you know, do it with my brother, Tim, and he's been on the show before. He's been on the watch list. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not just saying this because he's the co-host, but I do think Tim is the best podcaster there is. And so when he <laughs> came to your show, he introduced every one of his movies um, with uh, a line where he said with classic quotes such as, and then he told you some quotes from the movie. So yeah. I'm not going to rip that straight off from him because, like, I'm his little brother. I've done that so many times in my life, um, <laughs> and, and and because I did, I did not, because I did not come that prepared. It, it's fine. It's fine. Um, but I have stolen something similar. Um, so you will see as I uh, tee up my movies here. 
Okay, so okay. let's get right into it. Yes. With well, and also, can I, can I plug real quick? Uh, Tim did watch every movie that he put on that list before doing the watch list. I was slack-jawed when we recorded. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> are you kidding me? Seriously. Corey, I did it too. God damn it. What is up with you guys? I did it too, God Corey. You know what? I think it just comes from doing a podcast with Tim. He like... He has the structure of the show. He brings the structure of the show. He just wants me to show up and have fun. But I want to be like as prepared as him. So I always watch the movies over and over and over again. So I'm just like ready. I'll watch them even even though I've watched them a couple times in the week. I'll watch them an hour before the show because I'm like, I just need to be fresh on it. Yeah. Like, so my ritual is that either me or my wife and I, whatever movie we're going to review, if I'm going to break it down, doesn't matter. Um, we watch it together. I'll watch it like under normal parameters, meaning like I won't pause it to take notes. I'll drink. I'll smoke if I want to. I want to get the feel, the vibe of it, yeah. right? And then when, if I'm breaking it down or taking notes, doesn't matter, I won't smoke or drink or anything. And I'll just like really, really pay attention to it. And I got to say, man, like, uh, let me know if you, if, if you feel the same way, but like, I have never paid attention to a movie in my life like the ones that we review on these shows. And I like walking away from them. It's it feels cool to like just know a movie that inside and out and having talked about it for so long, you know? Totally, man. I'm, I'm exactly the same. I like to watch it one time with like nothing in my mind, just watching it. And then I like to let it soak in for a couple days as I go over some things that I... I think are important in the movie. I go over some things that I thought were cool. And then, you know, I throw it on again and see if that really jives with what I was thinking. Yeah. I just love to dig deep into the movies and uh, yeah, just have these great thoughts about them that I never had before. Uh, yeah, I know. Like you're just like, holy crap. And then you have, then you come up with new thoughts while you're talking it out. Totally. And then, you know, sometimes you go into a review where you're like, I think I really like this movie. And then you're, you're, whoever it is you're talking about it with, maybe bring up some things that you didn't really pick up on. You're like, huh, kind of maybe could change your opinion for the better or for the worse. Definitely. You know, that, that's happened a lot on Cartwright. Like uh, Adam and I will talk about, you know, uh, an episode that I think that I didn't really like, but I had so much fun like discussing it right. that I had to like, you know, add that to the equation you know awesome yeah tim blows my mind like every episode so um, <laughs> it's it yeah it's awesome to talk about it it's awesome to get yeah. these thoughts and then bring it to the table and talk about it yeah, and, and and one more, let me plug the Aliens vs. Predator episode that you guys dropped. Uh, I haven't seen that movie in forever. I hated that movie. Nice. And But but your all's love and passion for it really makes me want to go back and rewatch it, reevaluate it, cool. see what I missed. Um, you guys just like... That you know what I mean? Like I love hearing that shit. Like I love hearing the passion yeah. about about movies that you know sometimes you think aren't that great or like it's not the the common you know uh, uh, zeitgeist theme is that like oh this movie's awesome but like I love it when you can take a movie like maybe Jaws three mm -hmm. and like really show why it's freaking awesome and why it should at least be considered for funsies you know for sure we like to be really positive we like to try to pull out the the positives of the movie because we have fun with movies that's what movies are for they're for having fun so we like yeah. if I throw it on TV and I have fun watching it i'm gonna pull out exactly what it was that made me have fun and bring it to you i think that's what i really gravitate towards you guys for um we try to do the same thing on pad for yes sure. anyone can be smart snarky anyone can shit on these crappy movies of course they can but we try to find the fun you guys do the exact same thing 
example, AVP, and uh, you guys try to find the, the positive side of things. And in this day and age, man, I'd rather have fun. Yeah, like, don't shit on the movie. We all know what sucks about it. Yeah. Tell me, you know what? The, the, the more of the challenge is telling me what's awesome about a shitty movie. You totally, know? totally. So, all right. Let's jump into it. Okay, and it's a, it's honestly, that was a good talk to uh, set up my number five here. So, with classic moments such as Jack Palance smelling his pet mice and Terry Hatcher rocking a drum solo in the middle of her, of her exotic dance routine, number five on this list is the 1989 Stallone-Russell critical failure Tango and Cash. <laughs> okay, before you jump into it, I don't have it on my list. It's it's sitting on my Blu-ray shelf because my buddy Bert uh, sent it to me because nice. he thinks it'd be right up my alley. And I've never watched it. I've never oh seen it. Oh my goodness. But, but every time I pulled up, you know, I was trying to Google, like just trying to get my, my brain grapes going. Yeah. So I was like, you know, 80s action movies, R-rated, like Tango and Cash always came up uh you know on that list and i was like fuck i need to watch this movie but also too you know we're also looking at this from a stat nostalgic point of view so if i even if i watched tango and cash now and loved it i don't think i could have put it on the list because this is what we watched as a kid totally but i am so fucking excited to hear what is awesome about tango and cash because i actually don't really even know much about the movie itself okay so first of all, like being a kid, I'm just so into Stallone, so into Russell at that moment. Like Big Trouble in Little China is one of my favorite movies um, at that time as a kid. So it was just like a no brainer for me that I'm going to love this. And why I think I really loved it as a kid and rewatching it this time around, why I really love it now. It is such a mess. Um, but it is a mess that kind of is beautiful because it seems like there's two minds on the movie. And one mind is saying, let's like, this is the end of the 80s. This is 1989. I think it was a December release. And I think one mind on the movie was, let's make this a satire of 80s action movies. Oh. And then the other mind on the movie was, well, no, we have Stallone and Russell. Let's, like, make it an action movie. So you have these two guys playing it dead straight and these horribly written lines and just, like, over-the-top tropes. Like, it makes it seem like the person that made this movie the person that wrote it the person that directed it it makes it seem like they've never actually experienced real life they've only watched action <laughs> movies and that's all they know that's all they know about the police system the court system jails like it, it which makes it seem like it's me like as a 12 year old i wrote it i i all i've seen is action <laughs> movies that's all i know so for me like it was perfect it was like okay so um we got to have a jail scene what are jails like like i think the hallways are probably on fire like that's probably a jail right it's supposed to be the worst place let's put the hallways on fire and um you know a strip club there's got to be a strip club scene it's 80s action well uh what should the strip club what should the the stripper be doing well she should probably have a drum solo in the middle because drums are fucking awesome like it is like i made this movie the the like villain's lair the like the bad guy's lair has all the tropes everything you could think of like the wall of screens, the wall of video screens. He's got yeah. like 20, 20 screens. Um, he's got like a mirror. So, so, you're, so you're saying Watchmen ripped off Tango and Cash? Yeah, exactly. That is what I'm <laughs> saying. He's, it, totally, man. He's got like, he's got this mirror or this room of mirrors. And it's like just off to the side. Like, why would you need that in your like little bad guy lair? It's just a room of mirrors. Like it comes it comes in handy later when he's trying to lose the cops. Yeah. <laughs> is, yeah. that, is that really just there so you could lose the cops? Like it's it's amazing. Uh Jack Palance just like crushes this bad guy role. Like he is unbelievable. 
it is just the, the lines are so dumb. Like, honestly, if you just throw this in right now and if I probably didn't say anything to you, you'd probably throw it on and be like, this is trash. This is garbage. <laughs> but it, for me, it really just like all comes together to be like something kind of perfect that if they went the one way, if they went with a satire or if they went the straight action movie, they couldn't quite get what they got. Um, it does get like a little bit boring at the beginning. And I, I'm not really sure why that is. But then they like really hit you at the end with like the high octane action. Okay. I mean, the only thing I really know about the movie is that Zach always refers to it as uh, Stallone's nerdy period. Oh, totally. You know? like, totally. Like when he did, was it this and like Oscar? Yeah. Uh, all like around the same time. And he's like, I'm not the, the muscle bound guy. I'm going to be the intelligent guy. Yeah. It's interesting. He's the intelligent guy, but he's also like, he's also the reckless cop. Like he's both. At one yeah. point, at one point says like, someone says to him like, what are you trying to be Rambo? Which is hilarious. And of he course. says, Rambo's a pussy. <laughs> so it's, like, <laughs> it's like, he's like trying to be the baddest of badasses. It's just that he like dresses nice. And Russell in the movie is the exact same cop, but he wears like a tank top instead of a suit. Like it's, okay. it's so interesting. It's also so like, they're both like the they're both the same kind of uh, yeah. character, but but they but they just wear different outfits. They wear different outfits. Like one showers in the morning and the other doesn't. That's basically it. <laughs> and the the whole movie is like totally a love affair between the two of them. Like they are definitely in love in this movie. There's no question. Um, hey man, I I love a good bromance. I'm not gonna lie. One hundred percent. It is a bromance. They're just like. Like, they say so many dick jokes to each other. It's like, wow, you focus a lot on each other's dicks. Like, it's, it is <laughs> hey, great. I That's love awesome. It. I, it's awesome. I absolutely love it. Like, it just it just works for me. And I thought really throwing it in again this time around, I was not it was not going to hold up. And I just loved it. I don't know what it was, but I just I just fucking loved it, man. Well, I got the Blu-ray here, like I said, courtesy of Bert. So uh, I might as well. I mean, I've been wanting to watch it. Yeah. It's just, if it's that one is definitely not up my wife's uh, alley. So I know I have to watch it on my own, and I just don't have that much, you know, uh, free time. But I've been I've been eyeballing it lately. It's been it's been calling to me, yeah, yeah. and I didn't know why, but now I think I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, it's not on my list. Good pick. Cool. Uh, I'm sure Zach will be happy about that one. It's not on my list, but my number five is a buddy film. Do I have any other buddy films? No, this that's the only one. Okay. Buddy film with uh, with classic quotes like, I'm getting too old for this shit, and other classic quotes like, I'm getting too old for this shit. Nice, nice. <laughs> and I am talking about specifically 1989's Lethal Weapon 2. Okay. So I, you know, it was I was kind of like on the fence, and I was like, because I watched both of them a lot as a kid, but I I do think I leaned a little bit more towards Lethal Weapon Two. Uh, I, you know, of course, diplomatic immunity has just been revoked, like like all that classic shit. I, I yeah. loved all of that stuff, but the reason I I, I think I lean towards Part Two is when I was kind of hardcore gymming it when uh, probably early twenties, you know, like really hitting the gym hard, running on the cardio and everything. I would always do a like a burst, try to do like a burst of like five or ten minutes of real fast, uh, like really fast running upward incline, and in my head. 
I would always picture that I was Riggs, uh, like at the beginning of the movie, running up the street, chasing after. Uh, well, it was actually Mark Ralston's character uh, who played Drake in Aliens. He was like the the gem thief or whatever. Oh the yeah, thief okay. At the beginning, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's actually the only other movie I know Mark Ralston from besides Drake and uh, Aliens. Um, but there's that one scene where Murtaugh, because his wife's car is getting destroyed and he can't like get through traffic, and Riggs just gets out and runs. And in my head, that was always like oh, what nice. I was doing. Like I was mimicking Riggs. Amazing. Um, um, and and so, I want to ask you before you tell me what you think of no screw it. What what do you what do you think of Lethal Weapon two? So Lethal Weapons are movies that I, I like. I didn't watch when I was younger. Never got to those. So it's something that I watched later in life. I've only seen it one time. I went through the Lethal Weapons, only seen two the once. I've probably seen one a couple times. But what I do remember about two is that that is kind of when they you get sort of more of the buddy movie. Um, So I can totally get that. Like uh, the first one, they're just kind of feeling each other out still, right? Like, and the second Mm -hmm. one is more of those vibes, those like buddy cop vibes. So I do, I did really like two when I watched it. Yeah. Yeah, and because and part one tries to be a little bit more serious, yeah. and and yeah, like you said, they're not quite clicking there yet, but I love as a whole, like, you know, whatever, part three, part four, I mean, I, I like enjoy all the Lethal Weapons yeah. to some degree, but what I really love, if you watch the movies, their relationship, like, like, keeps just basically getting like more and more they keep getting closer and closer every movie to the point where like in part three and part two like he's over at the Murtaugh's house yeah. you know he's having you know lunch with his wife and it's like he's a part of the family like I like it when Riggs is like a part of the family um what I was gonna ask was first first question was and I should have done this at the top as a kid are you more of a were you a Stallone kid or, or a Schwarzenegger kid what would you what were you lean towards um I was definitely a Schwarzenegger kid Okay. Yeah. And then what were you, were you a, uh, were you a, a Riggs guy? Were, Jesus, I forgot to say. Were you a Mel Gibson fan back in the day as a kid? Or Because I know you said you were, didn't really watch Lethal Weapon, yeah. but were you a, a Mel Gibson fan at all? Not really. And that's probably why I didn't watch Lethal Weapon. I, I really didn't watch any Mel Gibson movies at all when I was a kid. Like those are movies I found later. Like when I was later in my teens and then into my 20s is where I kind of found those movies. So yeah, no, I would say I wasn't a fan of his when I was a kid. And correct me if I'm wrong, but when you guys reviewed Mad Max on Talking Back, that was your first time viewing it? That was my second, but I had actually okay. viewed it only like two months before that. Oh, but, so still like in very the rough, fra- Yeah, it was like brand new, fresh. I had just watched it for the first time two months before that. Tim had never seen the movie before. He thought oh. he thought we were doing Road, Road Warrior. Warrior. That's right. <laughs> and yeah. he put in Mad Max and he's like, I've never seen this movie before, <laughs> which was uh, very interesting for us to cover because we usually cover stuff that we love and have seen. <laughs> but that but that lends itself to really fun conversation totally. of like because, you know, how often in 2020 do you get two people together that have never seen Mad Max? Exactly. You know, who love movies. And, yeah. and that's not a knock on you because anyone who listens to Podcast After Dark knows that I have giant gaps in, in my uh, view knowledge you know everybody's so many yeah everyone does yeah. you know so honestly like it was actually pretty freaking cool to hear two people who'd never seen it before or relatively recently see- seeing it discuss it break it down with no nostalgic you know twinge to it because as we know nostalgia is a hell of a drug yeah totally i mean like that <laughs> mad max episode is probably one of my favorite episodes like it just was so fun coming to a movie and like being shocked that tim had never seen it before so i've always like come to a movie like expecting that he 
knows everything about it, right? So coming to it and actually me being the expert, I'd seen it twice. <laughs> so I was the expert on the movie. Um, it was really fun. I really enjoyed that conversation. Yeah, it was it was a great conversation. Thanks, man. I mean, yeah, I mean, you guys are crushing it. I, 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 I love I love that show so much. You're too <laughs> kind, man. That means a lot to me. That that really means a lot to us. Um, all right, buddy. What is number four? Okay, four, four. Okay, so this is a little twist. We're not doing classic moments anymore, but I'm gonna go with with classic stalkers such as Captain Freedom, the retired champion mm. turned aerobics instructor. And Dynamo, the opera singing, electricity shooting, human light bright, killing machine. Number four on the list is the 1987 Stephen King adaptation starring Arnold himself, the running man. Yeah, buddy. Uh, It's not on my list, but it was at one point. Like I said, uh, all the Arnold movies essentially were, were on the list. I... Freaking loved Arnold growing up. I was a huge Arnold fan. I think it's also, too, because he would do more sci-fi and fantasy stuff. Mm-hmm. I always liked how he didn't shy away from the big concepts. You know, totally. I, I always thought that was pretty pretty damn cool. Um, but, yeah, dude, I love Running Man so much. I saw it in the theater. Awesome. I saw that guy's head explode at the beginning of the movie uh, in the theater. And uh, I love me some Richard Dawson, baby. I, he is my totally. favorite family feud guy. Totally love Richard Dawson. That was amazing <laughs> to see him in that movie. I mean that, and that head exploding. You said that's like that's a great scene. Like that's a great part of that scene. That guy's head just pops. Like it just goes. Man, <laughs> I love Running Man so much. It's just like yeah. I love like as a kid, I loved American Gladiators. I love like I always loved the idea that reality shows would turn into killing people. Um, kind of like as a young kid i even knew that like that throws it back to like the gladiator days and it's like where people were watching people be killed for entertainment and i was like that's such an interesting concept so i always loved anything that went into that um yeah and just like arnold my goodness like he he is really just such a beautiful man <laughs> he is so, his muscle like he doesn't even make sense as a person he's so huge and he's like how, he's, how do you exist how do you, you exist? over there how is how does he not just walk into a room and everybody turn to him and be like what the fuck is with this guy like who's this guy he's got huge muscles which uh which arnold is your favorite like which movie arnold is your favorite visual arnold oh my goodness um visual arnold um, I really, I really like Total Recall that maybe because I watched it like a million times when I was a kid. Um, yeah. I really love how he looks in that movie. And I love that he's kind of trying to play the um, regular guy, like the regular man. <laughs> yeah, and he's just yeah. so ridiculous looking. <laughs> like, that's probably my favorite part of that. Um, that's that's gotta, I'm going to say that. Perfect. I'm going to say that's my favorite. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll have to say uh, Predator Arnold is, is oh, my yeah, favorite looking yeah. Arnold. Uh, I he think looks that's so his... good. Yeah, he looks awesome there. But yeah, dude, I'm. I mean, I'm with you. I, that's probably got another thing that has to do with it. Is that uh, Arnold is is visually? He's to me, he's a bit more visually pleasing to look at than Sylvester Stallone. Yep. Not saying Sylvester Stallone's ugly. I just my my taste in dudes just leans towards Arnold. <laughs> totally, man. Like that makes perfect sense. That's like right where I am. It's like I want that guy in the movie. Um, yeah. I think like. The way he talks, it's just, I mean, like, I just get drawn in. I Like, I just love him. Um, I actually think he's, like, a very good actor. Um, he, he knows what his weapons are, and he just uses them. And I just, like, yeah, Running Man is so, so in that zone for me where it's just, like, okay, throw this huge guy into this, like, 
into this game show or whatever where people are like where criminals are getting murdered and he just takes it over and i just feel like i'm so pumped for every time he kills like sub-zero every time he like yeah. kills dynamo kill, or dynamo doesn't die but kills like yeah. kills anybody else like i just i love it i love that movie so much well, uh, Buzzsaw. Buzzsaw was the guy with Buzzsaw, the... Buzzsaw, right? Yeah. yeah. That was, he died the worst, I'd oh, say. Oh, totally. He had to split, I think is what he said. <laughs> right in the business. <laughs> right in the... He gave him the business in the business. Dynamo, when like they introduced Dynamo and he's just like fucking singing. He's just like singing. Yeah. Uh, and he's got like light bright on him or whatever. I'm like, oh my goodness, this guy. I love this guy. Um, so great. Yeah, dude. Uh, so, yeah, for me, Running Man, it would have been on the list, um, although it, it might have gotten knocked out even just on my sci-fi action. Yeah. No, because, like— I think that's I action think first. The action, I th- yeah, I think that's, yeah, I think it's an action sci-fi because none of the action that happens, it could have—it could take place at any time, yeah. you know? So it's it's the Arnold reason. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, reason Your one off. Arnold movie um, is—that's going to be the reason. Um, it actually is the only Arnold movie on my list, and that's just okay. because I hadn't seen a lot of the others— um, until I was a- an adult. So like those yeah. would be on my list now. Um, but I really, because of your podcast, I really wanted to make this like the movies that I stayed up late to watch when I was a kid. And dude, that's freaking awesome, yeah. man. That's, that, that's perfect. That's absolutely perfect. All right. Well, my number four, I'll do a quote here. Come out. Wait, <laughs> come out to the coast. We'll get together. Have a few laughs. Yippee Kaye, motherfucker! Amazing, <laughs> higher on my list, sir. Okay, okay, all right, all right. Then uh, what is your number three? Okay, okay, three. With classic kill strikes such as a spiked bat to the back of the head and a speeding car to the midsection, number three is the 1981 Carpenter Kurt Russell Prison Break film, Escape from New York. A film mm. I know you don't really like. Yeah, it's really weird because that movie on paper should be right up my alley. Totally. And, you know, I watch it. Uh, it's one of those movies. It's kind of like Ghostbusters 2. I watch it like once every three or four years hoping to like it. And then actually I probably dislike Ghostbusters 2 more than I dislike uh, Escape from New York at this point truthfully okay. that's just because I was a huge real Ghostbusters fan right. and I hate and I hate in Ghostbusters 2 when uh, that they're down and out I hate that shit yeah yeah um but yeah, dude, it's and it's one of those things where I'll tell you that I legit think Escape from New York is a good movie I think it's a fun movie like I, I understand that it's a fun movie I understand that it's an awesome movie and I understand that it's a cult movie I understand why it's important. But for some reason, it doesn't click with me, and yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, um, I, I, I do understand, because for me, Escape from York is just total vibe. Like, that's just, I feel, I just vibe with the movie, and that's all there is I can really pull from it. Like, there's, I mean, I, they are, for me, they are doing, like, a bunch of wonderful things in that movie that I think really set up action movies from then on. Um, but for me, when I'm watching it, it's just, I'm so vibing with every minute of the movie. And if you aren't getting that, if you aren't getting that vibe, I could totally see how it just, like, you know, goes past you. You don't really care about it. Um, I just, like, Carpenter and Russell, it's just, like, that's the match. And obviously, you know, like, that's a, that's a great match. I have I make a list of like my top 50 movies that I'm always like changing and ongoing. And within my top three, 
are two Carpenter Russell combos. Um, the the with, thing being the other one. Yeah, the thing and Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. Um, okay. Oh shit. Yeah, yeah. 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 So this one isn't there. This one isn't in my. It isn't even really in my top fifty. It's probably just outside that. Um, but I get that vibe, like that Carpenter score going. I love it. I love like at, at moments in the movie, you kind of get Halloween vibes when it's supposed to be kind of scary and it's supposed to be mm-hmm. kind of serious. And then at other moments, you get like big trouble vibes when it's supposed to be a little more fun. And I just like, I love that score. I'm like on a ride with that score. I just love it. As I've gotten older, I have appreciated John Carpenter's scores more and more. Yeah. And maybe it's because I'm I love synthwave and everything now that it just totally. kind of like fits, but like dude, I do love the score in that movie. I really really yeah. do. Um what are your thoughts on Prince of Darkness? Did you have you ever seen that one, John Carpenter? I haven't. Movie? I haven't seen Prince of Darkness. Okay, that's a it's it's a part of his uh, what is it called Apocalypse trilogy oh, yeah, with yeah. the the thing Prince of Darkness and uh, In the Mouth of Madness, right. which I have not seen. But Prince of Darkness, I think, is very very well made and eerie as hell, and and really like not a lot of like sort of jump scary type of things, but high concept scares that I really oh, enjoyed yeah. in yeah. that one. I, I highly recommend that one. And I, I know Zach would, would, you know, second that cause he loves that. And I watched, I saw it with him and I actually, Zach and I saw Prince of Darkness in the church that it was filmed in because oh. it's been it had been gutted and the out the facade on the outside was still there in hollywood but the inside had been gutted and been turned into um like a, a stage like a, a playhouse yeah yeah, yeah but that's awesome. but they actually showed prince of darkness in there and oh, we went and so saw rad. it there that was really cool that's amazing that would be such a great experience oh my goodness that'd be great um uh, what's your what's your thoughts on on kurt russell oh i, I mean i love kurt russell okay. man but it's it's one of those things where yeah, you know, like some actors that you like, you'll watch them in anything. Whereas for me, Kurt Russell, I love him, and, and he'll like obviously, you know, help me enjoy Escape from New York more. But he, he, I never loved him so much that he made me go and watch. Uh, oh yeah, movies okay. That I wasn't interested in. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. So. Like, for me, Big Trouble in Little China was just, like, when I was a kid, that was number one. I watched it all the time. I just loved that movie so much. So he was, like, my hero. Um, So this movie I watched a lot less than Big Trouble, but I still watched it a lot. But that's probably because Big Trouble is a lot more fun. And the time I was in when I was a kid, I was looking for more of the fun movie than the serious movie. But re-watching this, like, Russell looks so good in this movie. Like, those camo pants and, like, his eye patch, he looks like such a badass. Like, I just want to be that guy. Like, he looks like he can take anybody out and the fact that like you watch escape from new york and you watch uh big trouble in little china back to back and they he is so different oh yeah in both of those roles like i mean come on we we love arnold schwarzenegger but he's pretty much arnold in every role that he's in but like kurt russell man like like dude that dude just like he turns into whatever it is i mean watch death proof you know what i mean like he turns into whatever he wants to turn into he is an amazing actor and his hair is amazing his hair is amazing that's like his superpower is his hair (laughs) like that's like where you're thinking of all these like leading men and you're like well that guy's super buff that guy's super buff that guy's super buff like russell it's his hair like that guy has amazing hair my goodness especially for me like a balding man it's like oh my goodness i need that hair um i'm right there with you buddy i just uh mine's just i I just have so much is covering up all the bald right okay uh, strategic my my wife yeah strategic my wife jokes uh i kind of have the uh you've seen solo right oh yeah 
Yeah, um, I, I loved uh, Tobias Beckett. I loved uh, Woody Harrelson's yep. character yep. in that movie. Totally. So I joke that I have the Beckett haircut because like the sides are, are shaved and then the top is kind of like you totally floppy. have the Beckett haircut. <laughs> Definitely, <laughs> that's amazing. Side note, man, I would love to cosplay as Beckett one of these. Days. Oh yeah, that would be awesome. You could do it, man. You could totally do it. I just um, got to do. I, I'd shave my beard and do the little mustache. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So I just like like Russell. Why why I like really click with it also if you like you you met actually you mentioned watching like this and watching big trouble and i i think that is a great plan to watch escape from new york first and then watch big trouble because what i think is really really great about big trouble i think it's actually really really smart even though it's like kind of a dumb action movie because it like flips the script on like the white savior trope like he they do not need him in that movie he is just like a bumbling fool so when you watch escape from new york first where he is like the badass who's getting everything done and then you go right to big trouble and it's like wait what the hell like they don't need you at all you suck in this movie um it's it's so interesting and i i honestly just love him in that movie like i love jack burton and big trouble little china like he is my favorite character um absolutely (laughs) love that guy but he doesn't need to be there and it makes that movie so great he, he's i mean some people describe it as like he's the sidekick it's yeah. just the fact that the camera just is always on him whereas it should be you know on on oh shoot his his buddy crap i just wang chi yeah exactly um yeah dude it's i love that movie i showed it to my wife uh probably i guess this point a couple months ago for the first time she freaking loved it's it amazing. she's like <laughs> she's like where's kurt russell been my entire life totally and those, those guns i'm like yeah dude he's uh he's awesome he is awesome he is awesome yeah so that's that's my three it's escape from new york um yeah thanks for talking about it with me even though i know you don't really love it I, hey man i i will say at this point uh, you know what I like it more than I like my number three pick. And so my number three pick, we've done, uh, Zach and I have done an episode on it. And famously, it's the, the movie like we disliked the most on our show. Okay. Um, but, you know, we kind of have to, you know, I looked at this from a, from a nostalgic point of view. I was like, yes, I know that I don't like the movie now. But back then, I watched the shit out of it because, right. you know, I was a dumb kid. And I am, of course, referring to 1989's Cyborg. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. With uh, JCVD. And honestly, guys, you can pretty much just listen to, you know, Zach and I review it. I do not personally think it holds up that well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, it's kind of... I personally feel that it's one of those movies where nostalgia is a freaking hell of a drug on that one. And, and it's all nostalgia for me. But... I had to put it on there also, too, because I had two Arnold Schwarzenegger movies on the list until like five minutes before right, you right, and nice. I went to record. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, am I going to just negate this like rule? And I'm like, no. Like, all right. So I threw on Cyborg. OK, you guys all know what I think about it. Dean, do you have any thoughts on Cyborg? I have never seen Cyborg. So I have I have two thoughts on this pick. Um, number one for number three, we both picked a movie that we've done an episode on because yeah. I've done an episode on Escape from New York. Number two, I think that was on Tim's list when he did this with you. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. I I believe so. That is really It was a while ago, guys. (laughs) It brings it right back around. I think you were doing like guilty pleasure sci-fi movies or something. And I think he put it on his list. So that is awesome. Um, I haven't seen it. I know he, he talks about it. I should see it someday, but I haven't seen Cyborg. I would say, man, it it sucks with COVID and everything, but it would be like 
the perfect oh, movie yeah. if we if you and I like live near each other. Yeah. I'd be like, Dean, come on over. I got it on Blu-ray. Let's just fucking watch it and hang out and grab drink some beers and talk during the whole damn thing. It's it's one of those movies. Even if you're watching yeah. it for the first time, you can just talk during it. It doesn't matter. Well, let's do that. I mean, when when <laughs> this is gonna like wind down someday, right? So like we're we're gonna pencil it in. We're gonna schedule it in. That's right. So, so any if, if whenever we hang out, mm-hmm. we will watch Cyborg together. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to watch another good movie after that, but we'll watch <laughs> we'll watch it. Cyborg for sure. Um, exactly, and exactly. then something else, something else that's good. All right, buddy. What is your number two? Okay, my number two. I mean, you'll know this one right away with classic chants such as Chong Li, Chong Li, Chong Li, <laughs> and <laughs> Kumate, Kumate, Kumate. Number two is the 1988 John claude Van Damme alleged true story? Bloodsport. <laughs> yeah, man, I I wish I put that it, this is my number three. And I, I sat there, you know, staring at it. And I know that, like, it's the smarter choice. But in my gut, I was like, but I just, I watched it a ton. But yeah. I watched Cyborg more like an idiot. And Bloodsport is so much better than Cyborg. So Corey, you know what? That's okay. It's okay you have Cyborg on your list. Like the movies you like. This isn't a competition. It's all good, but let's talk <laughs> about Bloodsport. Let's just get into that fucking great movie, man. Dude, I love that movie, man. I love fucking Ogre from <laughs> Revenge of the Nerds. And yes. it, dude, I, I like the fact that it's freaking Mortal Kombat before yes. Mortal Kombat, you yes. know? It's it's awesome. And I think it's probably ultimately my favorite JCVD. Nope. Well, okay, my favorite 80s JCVD right. movie, my favorite JCVD movie is Hard Target. Okay, yeah, this would definitely, this is definitely my favorite 80s um, JCVD movie. Um, I absolutely, like, when I was a kid, I loved, um, so I'm, like, a little bit younger than you are, so I love Street Fighter. Like, that mm. was my game um, when I was a kid. I just love, like, the the one-on-one combat. So when I watched Bloodsport, I was like, man, this is Street Fighter. Like, there's all these different fighters. They got all their different styles. I'm, like, picking mm. my favorites, like, other than, like, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Um, I'm picking all, like, my other favorites and who I want to win and who I want to get through the tournament. It, like, for me, it holds up. Like, the acting is brutal. Like, it's no good at all. But, like, this movie just always holds up every time i watch it i am 100 percent into it 100 percent like into every single one of those matches like whatever the whatever the moves are whoever's involved in the match i know who i want to win going into it like i know who i i, I always forget like oh who's gonna come out of this one um, yeah it's just great i just absolutely love this movie and I feel like, remember when, like, MMA was first starting yes, out? for and, sure. And people, like, you actually straight up had a boxer versus yep. a karate guy. Yep. And then, you know, after years of it, we all realize that all the matches go right down to the floor. And then the, the MMA fighting style just becomes its own yep. fighting style. Um, I, I liked it back when it was really just straight up, like, boxers versus karate people and blood sport was that it was like who would win you know the the boxer didn't know the karate moves the karate guy didn't know the boxing moves but who the hell would win between these two fighters and totally that's what i thought was awesome about blood sport yeah it's so raw that fighting is so raw like when now it's i i do like mma but now it is like you're right that is its own fighting style because there's a technique it's like okay if that guy's a boxer i know how to beat him and everyone's like thinking and learning which is which is good everyone's good that everyone is learning how to 
how to win at that game. But I, I'm with you. I like when it's just like, oh, these styles clash. Who's mm-hmm. going to come out on top? I, oh, I didn't think it was going to be that person. I didn't think they were going to be able to beat them with their and with their strengths. Like there's only one versus one and they each have their thing. And right. you're going to see who comes out on top. Man, I just love that movie. I love watching it over and over. <laughs> and you say sort of based on a, on a true story. <laughs> alleged true story. <laughs> alleged true story because, uh, yeah. But, well, Bill Dukes uh, has a karate place in, in L.A. I mean, he still teaches, I believe. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, ne- I never stopped by there. But, yeah, I mean, I never quite, you know, sort of cared about the backstory behind it. I just thought that the movie was cool. And I always liked uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Because, like, you know. Arnold versus Sylvester Stallone. I liked Arnold. JCVD versus, you know, all the other karate dudes. I was a JCVD guy. Totally. Yeah, me too. I mean, he could do the splits. He could do the splits. It's incredible. And, and you know, he's pretty much Johnny Cage from, from Mortal Kombat. Definitely. So, so you said you were a Street Fighter kid. Were you not a Mortal Kombat kid, or were you both and just but lean towards Street Fighter? I wasn't really a Mortal Kombat kid because I wasn't allowed to play it. Like I was, ah. I was very much my parents like stuck to ratings on things for me. So I could only play. I remember I was playing like Killer Instinct when I went to my friend's house because like he was allowed to play it. So every time I went over there, I was allowed to like play it there. But I never really got into Mortal Kombat. For me, that was like, oh, that's a bad game. You can't play yeah. that. Like it's too violent. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I never really played it, but like, I really loved the movie though. I really love Mortal Kombat. So that's how I knew all the characters is from that movie because that, I think that movie is PG 13. So I was definitely yeah, so. watching that movie over and over and over again. And Bloodsport was just kind of the step up from that movie. Like it was, what well, was the more serious one of that? Like it was the legit one. <laughs> oh, that's cool. It's like you look at as Bloodsport as like or, or can, a natural progression yeah. of Mortal Kombat. Whereas I, I, you know, like you said, I'm a little bit older, so I kind of saw them in order. And I was like, OK, Mortal Kombat's like Bloodsport to me. Interesting. And, yeah. yeah. Being yeah. Being younger, it's like I saw Mortal Kombat, got really into it. And then it's like, oh, Bloodsport, the rated R version. Like, oh, yeah. here we go. This is the real deal. And so yeah. then I just got like hooked on that, hooked on Bloodsport. And see, as a kid... I wasn't so much into Street Fighter because I loved the mythos and the lore around uh, Mortal Kombat. And also, like, especially Mortal Kombat 1 and 2, you got the sense that, like... It's it, it's almost like especially especially number one it has a sense that it takes place like in in this one area and and so you could sort of like you know picture in your head what the characters were doing in between matches and then of course the movie sort of fleshes oh, cool. that out yeah Where, whereas like Street Fighter I was always like okay you fly here right. you go the, everything just felt so separate from each other yeah I, I just I couldn't I couldn't piece like a, a mythos a lore to it you interesting know? Corey see that's I think that's why that movie is a fucking mess like Street Fighter yeah because I never really thought about that but mortal Kombat, yeah it's it's like that movie really works for me i really love that movie and yeah. it's because they're just all this tournament but street fighter it's like all these fighters all over the world and i, I can't connect it it never really what, connects which works for a game obviously totally, and, and yeah. I, I liked that as a game but like because like when i would play it I'd be like i enjoyed the moments playing it but what made mortal Kombat stick around was that what when i wasn't playing it i was drawing pictures of scorpion oh, or sub-zero yeah, yeah. i was thinking like what was happening in between back before all the cutscenes, back before the comic books back for all that shit i would like i would actively like think about what was going on and i think i think like I think content, meaning movies, meaning, or I should say, you know, media. Yeah. I, I like stuff that 
allows my imagination to sort of run rampant. Totally. And you see, like, in, in movies, you know, Zach makes fun of me for, like, hardware. You know, I mean, he doesn't. He doesn't make fun of me. He, he loves how I world build. But I my brain fills in all the gaps that he kind of has problems with right. in that movie. But I love movies and games and stuff that just give me, like, a little bit of a taste mm-hmm. and then just, like, open the door and let me just kind of walk through and have fun with it. Totally. That's the fun stuff. That's what makes it fun afterwards. And, yeah. like, that's definitely Mortal Kombat. And, like, even the characters, break it down to the characters. The characters are cooler in Mortal Kombat than they are in Street Fighter. Like, Street Fighter, for me, when I think back to it, it's like, everybody's just generic. Like, no one really, yeah. like, there, there's a couple characters that are a little bit, like, outside the box and are a little bit, like, cooler. But for me, Mortal Kombat, I, I grew to love, like, Scorpion and Sub-Zero. I thought they were so cool. But in Street Fighter, I'm like, I'm Ken and Ryu. Like, that's who I am. And yeah. it's just, like, those are the regular dudes. <laughs> But yeah, like Scorpion yeah. Sub Zero, they're they're cool characters. Do you uh, do you game much these days uh, as an adult? I don't game much these days, um, which is kind of uh, like on our podcast we do talk about video games, which is interesting because I don't game very much <laughs> these days. Yeah. But Tim still does, so he gets me into the cool games and we play them and, and we like to talk about them. But I was a huge gamer when I was a kid, like eighties, nineties. I mean, like that's life. That's that's life yeah. when you're a kid, right? It's yeah. only video games, and that's Street Fighter was so big for me. I remember like having, I think I was in like I was maybe like seven years old. And I had like a date where I was going to have like two friends come over. We were going to rent Street Fighter and a Super Nintendo and they were going to sleep over. And I can remember that was like the first sleepover I was ever going to have. And it was like going to be so fun. And I think like I got sick or something and we had to cancel it. It was, it was shitty. I think we still rented the Super Nintendo and I just played it the whole time, but um, my (laughs) friends did not come over, but I can just remember how epic it was to like play video games. And like when the Super Nintendo was out, it was so huge. And, and like moving into the 64, um, Tim is, eight years older than me so like when we got a 64 it was like him getting a 64 so i would get to watch not play um which is kind of is kind of funny um because that kind of developed in my life like i now like to watch video games more than i like to play okay he would like when he i would have to go to bed earlier than he would go to bed um because he was like he was 20 and i was 12 or he was like 18 (laughs) and i was you know at 10 so he wouldn't have to go to bed he could just like play video games all night so he'd throw a vhs tape in and he'd record himself playing and i'd wake up the next morning and watch it like i'd watch him play all night like video games i just (laughs) loved watching him play video games so like the er, the late like later 90s video games i wasn't really into because i just like watched watching them <laughs> now with the super nintendo by the way mortal kombat 2 for the super nintendo is my favorite version oh, of mortal awesome. kombat 2 because it's not as punishing as the arcade is yeah but um dude i loved the teenage mutant ninja turtles tournament fighter the the fighting game that was out on the super nintendo I did don't you ever play know that? that no i don't know that one that sounds awesome i didn't even know it existed i know like yeah. turtles in time like that's the super yeah. nintendo one i know where you can beat it in like an hour and a half but yeah, dude, check out Tournament Fighters for the totally, SNES, man. Totally, that was that was awesome, <laughs> dude. We, we went what on are we like talking about, Corey? What are we talking about right now? <laughs> my number like two I'm, is Bloodsport. Your turn. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like going in my head. I'm like, huh? Maybe maybe Dean and I should do like a, a watch list of uh, of uh, like video games or yep, something. Yep, yep. Keep signing them up. Yep, let's do it. Keep, you're like keep racking them up. Let's do it, man. <laughs> oh, all right, buddy. All right, so my number two. I saw this in the theater. <clears throat> I did not see uh, Cyborg or Lethal Weapon in the theater. Okay. I saw this in the theater. Scared me a little bit. Cool. 
there's something out there and it ain't no man. 1987, my perfect Arnold Schwarzenegger, Predator. Predator, yes. It's not on my list um, because if you listen to our Predator episode, I did not watch it until I was supposed to record that episode with Tim, (laughs) um, which is what is great about some of the things he picks. I've never seen them because I was too afraid of them as a kid or wasn't allowed to watch them. So go, you go, Corey, and then I got lots to say. (laughs) Uh, And by the way, that's kind of like me and Zach. Most of the movies Zach picks, uh, I've never seen. And uh, it it seems like he kind of does the deep cuts. We we get the deep cuts with him. And then I kind of hit the the mainstream cult movies, you know. Yeah, Uh, you have a great dynamic. I I love it. I love when you that you switch choices, too, because it just gives you a new vibe every time there's a new episode coming out. I really love it. Thank, oh, thanks, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Predator. I'm sure you've heard me say this before, but I'll just reiterate. I saw in the theater with my dad uh, summer of 87, I imagine. So I was, what, nine years old, I guess. Um, so going into that, right, 88 to uh, or 78 to 87, yeah, uh, nine years old. Going into that, I kind of, it was... I didn't know what it was about because I didn't see a trailer for it. So when we got there, I just saw the picture, that awesome poster, you know, and, and my dad's like, oh, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. So I was like, okay, it's like, you know, Commando or something, right? Right, right. Um, it's it's, it's going to be like just an Arnold Schwarzenegger versus the bad guys. That's it. So right away, the fact that there's, you know, an alien in it, I was like, oh, like right at the beginning, my, my ears perked up as a kid. Totally. And then uh, I was scared as shit when we first reveal of the skinned, you know, people oh, and all that kind yeah. of stuff scares shit out of me and even to this day when i watch the movie after a million times i still kind of get that tension in my stomach you know knowing that that little jump scare is gonna happen but dude like the moment was great but then over time i've just i've lived with that movie for so long i love all the characters um my personal favorite of the rescue team is is Poncho. I always like Poncho. Oh, yeah. Uh first like cuz he was also um he was on this uh short-lived War of the Worlds TV show. Oh cool. That yeah, that was like I mean I think it was like one or two seasons, you know. It was like mid 90s or early really early 90s. Um but I liked him on that. It's the only other thing I ever saw him on. Um but I also like Billy. Thought Billy was cool as yeah, shit. Yeah. I like how it, it's like GI Joe like you know like you, you know you grew up watching movies like Commando and stuff and no thoughts really given to like what the characters are wearing other than the main guy. And I loved how each of the rescue team like had a different outfit, even though they were military, totally, they were all unique and different. And I was like, they just, it felt like that mercenary team. I loved it. I loved each and every one of them. I love the predator. And now of course you can say, Oh, this is uh, sci-fi action. I'm like, well, I think this is action sci-fi. I, you know, I think most of the action has a more realistic, you know, spin to it. Um, but the Predator is cool as hell. It's such an iconic design. It's such an awesome villain. It's so cool. And then just how he picks the team apart. A team that, like, you care about. There's no one yeah. on that team that you don't care about right from the get-go, A team dude. that you care about and a team that has shown you that they dominate any yeah. any circumstance they are in. They just went in and wiped out what they needed to do. And so you're like, okay, this is the best of the best. This is This right. is the team. It's such a it's such a, like an awesome concept because yeah you don't need to say anything yeah. you see it all right there these this 
These guys are perfectly capable of handling themselves. There is nothing out there that they on earth that they can't handle, you know? And yeah. and yeah, you never and you never feel like any of their deaths are like cheap or stupid. You know, even Billy's, you know, it's like I get it. I get the spiritual thing, the, the spiritual warfare that Billy was attempting totally. to do. I yeah. get it. You know, except we all know that the predator really just probably ran by and pushed him off the, the log. Right. But um <laughs> didn't really do anything with him. Yeah. Um but I dude, it's just it's awesome. And of course, it's just like it's my favorite Arnold yeah. right there. Yeah, you're right. It's like it's the classic show don't tell. Like if you they just show up and you're like these are the best of the best. It's like, why? I don't know. I don't know that. You tell me that, but like, I don't get, I don't know inside that they are the best of the best, but you show me them complete a mission with no problem at all. I know they're the best of the best. And then the predators just like picking them off one by one. It is fantastic. I loved that movie, a movie, like I said, that I had not seen until I was 34 years old. (laughs) I had not seen that movie. I don't know how I missed it. Um, and then, uh, a listener actually requested that we go through all the predator movies. So we've started to do that. We've gone through predator Two, AVP. We have AVP Requiem, uh, recorded. Um, and I have just really loved this journey of going through these predator movies that I knew nothing about. Like I love this guy. I, or, or gal, as we've said on the podcast, I don't know the predator's gender, but I absolutely (laughs) love the predator. I love this monster. Like this is he, is he a best friend? You know what? You know what, Corey? <laughs> we haven't brought it up yet, but the Predator is a best friend. The Predator has reached be the- best friend status. <laughs> and the cool thing is, like, if you earn his respect... He can be your best friend. Totally. He can be, and he will be a great <laughs> friend. You just need to earn his respect. That's exactly right. I you just lo- need to not die. <laughs> yes, exactly. Or help him out in some sort of way, whatever it is. I, yeah, I love it. I don't know what it is, but I, I absolutely just love The Predator. I, I, I love that monster. Um, I'm, Like, Alien is my number one movie, and Aliens yeah. is in the top ten. Like, I absolutely love those movies. Um, But Predator... The Predator, that monster, that's, that's that's my guy. I like The Predator a lot. Did you read any of the Dark Horse Predator comics at all? Or, or no. do you have any plan well, on well, it? So I, I've read um, like more current stuff. Okay. Um, so they came out with a couple things maybe five-ish years ago. There was there was some series going on, and I read all that. But I haven't gone back and read any of the, the classic comics. Okay, I, I would recommend it. I, if you like the Predator, they do some good stuff. You know, obviously hit or miss on on some of the stories, but the some of the earlier stuff. Like if you pick up the Dark Horse Omnibus Volume One yeah. of of Predator, you'll get good stories in there. Totally, um, like that's that that's like. I feel like that's just like a goldmine for our podcast. Like we both like me and Tim both love alien. We both love predator. So, and we like, we talk about comics. So I feel like we're going to pull that in, in some milestone episode, we're going to pull out the AVP comics or something like that. That, that that would be super cool, and I, I have to reiterate um, how much I love your all's Predator Two episode. Oh, so I have such a, a, a soft spot in my heart for that movie. Yes. I love it so much. Uh, I will throw Zach under the bus right now, and and Zach knows it. We went and saw at the Egyptian uh, double feature, um, and it was one of those was things where it was kind of like you know he he was there with a group of his friends. I didn't really know the rest of that group. Oh, yeah. but Okay. You know, I know I love Zach, so I was like, I'll go with you for sure. <laughs> they they all left after Predator, and I was like, I was like, well, I'm staying for Predator too. Totally. So I'll catch you guys later. And I sat there with a giant smile on my face as as a third 
of the of the theater evacuated wow. before Predator 2. Maybe even half of the theater left. And I was like, y'all are crazy. This movie fucking rocks. Yeah, man. And I, I have to admit, buddy, I have a lot of podcasts that I listen to. I have a it's, – it's honestly – I don't watch a lot of TV. I watch movies and I play video games, but podcasts are like, like – a main a high source of entertainment i have a lot of like paranormal podcasts that i listen to a lot of movie stuff uh of course like the stuff in the network i try to keep up on and everything sometimes i'll fall back a little bit and kind of i'll I'll build up a little bit of a like maybe a three episode back catalog and then just bop them out in order so i rarely ever listen to an episode twice i listen to predator 2 twice because it nice. made me happy. Like I can't. I don't know how else to explain it other than the fact that you know I'm sitting here doing chores and shit, and I'm happy because I'm listening to my two pals, my two BFFs, talking about a movie that I love. So guys and gals out there, if you like our list, if you like what we're talking about, we're not done yet. I'm just throwing it out there. Please, please, please listen to the Predator Two episode of Talking Back. It's so much fun. Oh, thanks, man. What a great shout out. We had a blast <laughs> recording that episode. Another movie I had not scene until we (laughs) recorded that episode did not know what i was getting into and as soon as i threw it on i'm like oh hell yes i am into this shit and dude like like to this day like if i'm in the car like with my wife or something like you know because we'll go out to dinner we'll go to a movie and we'll smoke in the car we'll hot box before we we go out there and every time i'm like let's king willy this shit and she's like what i'm like i'm like god damn it king willy (laughs) (laughs) i love me some fucking king willy man yeah man of course (laughs) yes oh Oh, that's great All right, man. Well, I kind of think I know what your number one is. You uh, would have to know. You would have to know (laughs) by now. (laughs) So why don't you uh, fill us all in? Sure. You've already given us the classic quotes from that movie. So I will say with classic foreign titles, such as The Glass Trap in Poland and Action Skyscraper in Norway. Number one is the 1988 Christmas masterpiece, Die Hard. Yes, and I will fight anybody. It is a Christmas movie. It is. Yes. Number one, it is a Christmas movie. Number two, I don't fucking care. Don't even, like, fight me. Like, who cares? It's a Christmas movie. Who cares? It's whatever you want it to be. Yeah. I love it. It it is... So much fun. I saw yeah. the theater with my dad. It is so fucking violent. It was... All right, so I will say this. My One of the things that I kind of latch on to about it is... It has my favorite squibs in a movie. I love yeah. bloody explosive squibs, but not too, too much. Yeah. Like, I, you know, obviously I love RoboCop, especially when uh, Mr. Kenny gets just decimated totally. at the beginning. Yeah. But, I mean, he would be ripped in half at that point. So it's a, it's a little bit not, you know, realistic. Whereas here, dude, the squibs are just perfect. They're the perfect squib amount. And everybody is chock full of them. I agree. I never actually thought about that, that like, what is the perfect amount? Um, but that this is the movie. This is the perfect amount. Like those, those shots, like they look so uh, effective, like so painful, yeah. right? And yeah. so, but not too over the top. Um, yeah, it's just the movie is so fantastic. Um, I think I... I think I really connect because like all these, all these action movies we have, have like the big heroes with like the, the big muscles they got the, or like Kurt Russell, he's got the big hair, but like Bruce Willis is just like your everyday guy. Like he's got the receding hairline like me. Um, you know what? Something I haven't brought up at all yet during, if through all these movies, but, um, he makes like 
smoking look fucking cool. I mean, I, I, I don't smoke <laughs> cigarettes and you probably shouldn't. I mean, they, they, they're bad for you, but he makes it look so fucking cool. And a lot of these movies, a lot of these 80s movies make smoking look so cool. When I binged all these movies, I'm like, do I have to take up smoking? Is that what I need to do right now? I, I mean, bro, the reason I started smoking in, oh God, Jesus Christ, right around right 96, I'd say, uh, when I graduated from high school, somewhere in there, yeah. 96, 97 or so, is because fucking Chow Yun Fat, man. I oh, yeah, had okay. such a man crush on totally. Chow Yun Fat, yeah. and I thought he was the coolest motherfucker ever. And he makes smoking look so cool, and he smoked Parliament. So I smoked Parliament. Yeah. And yeah, dude, I, smoking in a movie always looks fucking awesome. It you does. just you can't get around it. It just does. Yeah. I firmly believe like I, I like the fact that Hollywood has moved away from yeah. you know doing that because I do think the kids are impressionistic. I do think they see that. Totally. But like you know, and of course, like actors are always looking for like you know some business for their character to do, you know, and it's just it's perfect. And yes, dude, he makes fucking smoking look fucking awesome. He makes everything look. He fucking makes awesome everything in that movie. look awesome. Yeah, he, I like. He, I, I, he I, makes his make he makes uh, uh rubbing his toes in carpet look awesome. Totally, <laughs> he totally does. Um, yeah, it took like one drag of a cigarette. I don't know, like five six years ago, and it like burned my lungs, and I was like, that was the worst thing ever. Um, but then yeah, when I was yeah, watching, kids, it's it's disgusting. Don't fucking start smoking. No, it's horrible. It's horrible. But yeah, he makes everything look fucking cool. And even the the fact that like he he's like very apprehensive about like seeing his wife and then they see each other and there's like this really cool moment and then like they start talking and everything's really nice and then he totally fucks it up. Like he totally just has to do his like ego thing and like say, "Well, oh, well you don't have my last name here." totally fucks everything up and i'm just like okay yes this is like just the regular guy this is not like the absolute macho hero like this is this is me this is me in the moment i always say the wrong fucking thing and then i'm like why the fuck did i say that like oh man i totally screwed that up um he like i just totally connect with him and i guess as a kid i just thought he was the coolest because like i die hard was on a fucking loop for me like that was over and over and over i love it I love oh. Die Hard. Hans Gruber, talk about yeah, I, like the '80s number one villain. Like, gotta be him. Yeah, it's and it's because it's not just John McClane. You know, yeah. like it's it's the the villains in the movie are so fucking good. It's it's the supporting characters. It's totally. uh, woo, just like Saigon. Hey, slick. I was in junior high, dickhead. You know, <laughs> it's like it's every character has some fucking just it just has business to do and it's so cool and woo, you know, like everything yeah. and the quarterback is toast, yeah. you know, like <laughs> totally. everything, <Yes>. dude. <laughs> and, and like I remember as a kid, si- side note, uh remember one of the goons that is was the the guy that kind of stood as the guard down downstairs totally, like he was yeah. the face goon i always thought that was huey lewis from huey lewis in the news interesting when I was a kid. yeah yeah cool <laughs> <laughs> but dude like like you know growing up in the 80s like you know i knew of moon moonlighting right like with, with him and and what's her nuts yeah um, fucking forgetting what her name is um uh crap anyways you know moonlighting um do you, you know moonlighting don't you yeah it's bruce willis right yeah, yeah okay so, you know, growing up, like, and, and, you know, having that, you know, and then all of a sudden going into Die Hard. Totally. So, like, I, you know, I saw him as a comedian first. or yes. you know, Not really, a com- but sort of. And then going into Die Hard, and it's it's remarkable how well that worked. Totally. Like, how great of a transition that was because 
I, and I think even on the documentaries, they talk about it. It could have gone all wrong. Yeah. And even like in the marketing and the trades, people were even like at the time speculating, like, why is this comedian guy, you know, doing uh, an action movie? But fuck, dude, it, it started a whole genre of the every everyman action guy. Totally. It, it really did. It started like the... Um, let's do die hard, but like this, you know, like speed, you know, like let's do yeah. die hard on a bus. Um, it just started that whole thing of, of like, yeah, the, the kind of everyday man caught in the situation that he needs to get himself out of. Um, and I, I really like how he's so vulnerable in the movie um, because he's the everyday man and he gets beat up a ton, but also because of the comedy and the jokes, you kind of know he's going to be fine. Which is like, yeah. it's like a weird vibe in the movie because like you, you very much, he's like in very terrible positions. He gets so beat up. Like by the end, he's just dragging his feet. You know, he's like so bruised and bloody, but you never really feel worried for him because yeah. he's making all these jokes. I just, I really like the vibe. I, probably why it connected with me as a kid. Cause I was never like really scared of anything that could happen to him. Um, yeah, you, yeah, you never do really think that he's gonna yeah. not make it. You yeah, know? even though like everybody's like, they're all doing like really smart things to slow him down, like the shooting the glass, and he's got the like all the glass in his feet, and you're like, oh my goodness, like how is he ever gonna, how is he ever gonna carry on with this? Yeah, um, and he and he does, you and know? he does, he, he, he just, just keeps and going. That's awesome, yeah, and like you know, like. I even love Die Hard 2, man. Like I, I love Die Hard probably Di- I probably love it as much as the first one, to be truthful with you. Like I've yeah. probably seen them both like the same amount. Yeah. And uh, and I love them both. I even love part three. That kind of ends there. I didn't really go. I mean, I've seen the other ones, but really, yeah, it's, it's yeah. one, two, and three, and they, and they kind of go in that order. Yeah. They start just going down. You lose but, the vibe. Like, yeah. You lose the vibe. But I thought I thought one and two are great because I love the fact in number two. He even addresses what we're all thinking. He's like, how can this happen to me again? Yeah, definitely. You know? <laughs> I love to. I absolutely yeah. love to. Like, you're you're stepping on my 90s list right now. Because, like, <laughs> I know. Uh, two I know. is so fucking good. Like, that is actually the one as a kid I watched more. Um, as an adult, I watched one more. But two, it, I, uh, yeah, there's so many parts of it that I, they, it is right on the same level. I'm with you. It is the same level, same quality movie for me. Yeah, I I think it would have been Die Hard 2 had it not come out in, I think, 1990, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it would have so, been yeah, on ex- this list. Yeah. Yep, yep, exactly. It would have, for me, it would have superseded Die Hard One, just because I have a Same. twinge more nostalgia for Die Hard Two. Yeah. So, spoiler alert: I think we're both gonna have Die Hard Two on our '90s <laughs> list. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, I gotta pull up my quote real quick for my number one. Yes, let's hear it. Let's hear your number one, buddy. My number one movie. I will give you a hint with my with this quote. Just walk away. Give me your pump, the oil, the gasoline, and the whole compound, and I'll spare your lives. Just walk away, and we'll give you safe passage in the wastelands. Just walk away, and there will be an end to the horror. And that is the Lord Humongous from Mad Max 2, a.k.a. The Road Warrior. Awesome, dude. Awesome. And... I, this I do understand that this probably skirts a smidge of the line of being sci-fi action, but I will say that the action itself is all car-based, so I'm thinking it's action sci-fi. Oh, I'm um, with you. I'm with you, man. 
So before I jump into it, I know that you're new to Mad Max, and this may spoil maybe a future episode for talking back, but what's your familiarity with Road Warrior? Well, here's here's the thing, buddy. Um, because I've been so excited to be introduced to these movies that Tim knows that I don't for the first time on the podcast. I'm staying away from Road Warrior until we throw it on the schedule. So we okay. did Mad Max and he thought we were going to do Road Warrior and <laughs> yeah, we, act- we so did funny. Mad Max because that's what we had called and that's what we had both watched. But one day <laughs> we are going to do Road Warrior and I have not seen it and I'm, I'm holding off until then. Okay. But go, okay. go into full spoilers if you want. I won't even remember them. You know yeah, me. Nah. I love the spoilers, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know right at the beginning. Um, <laughs> you've been good lately. You've been good. I know. I have been good. I have been. He's kept me in line. My, my big brother, he's a good brother. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, I don't want to spoil much for you. And I don't think, I don't really need to, to be truthful with you. Uh, what, what I love about it is the escalation from Mad Max. Now, let me preface everything by saying that, you know, the Mad Max franchise is in my top five uh, movie franchises yep. of all time. Yep. Um, Fury Road is my favorite of the franchise. Unbelievable it's, movie. It's an unbelievable movie. Fucking and great. I am, I am one of those. I am the one, not the one, but I have a very snobby thing where I'm like, you can't put like a new movie in your top five favorites because you have to sit with it, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I have sat with... The Mad like Mad Max's lore, his mythos that I think I could look at, you know, Fury Road and move forward in my mind and know that it's it's just the best version, right? But before that, before that, Road Warrior was yeah. Fury Road, totally, and, and it's just it's escalated, it's escalation from Mad Max. Um, I'll say that Mad Max is probably my favorite of those two. But I watched Road Warrior more growing up. I had a, I have more of an appreciation for Mad Max as an adult yeah. uh, than I than I did as a kid. Because I, I, Road Warrior is much more just in your face. It's 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 surface level. Although you know, obviously there is stuff there if you want to dig deeper. But it's it's pretty surface level. Whereas Mad Max kind of has some stuff going on. Totally, it's, man. It's, cr- it's crafting a world. Um, and I personally think that the opening chase in the original Mad Max is one of my favorite chases ever. I Fantastic. think it's so freaking cool um but dude like the fact that now you know in road warrior you have the awesome wasteland look you have like it starts the whole wasteland craze that was the 80s and i was a huge wasteland guy i would eat up any movie that was quote-unquote wasteland scenario you know scenario to it i fucking loved wasteland and you know, he looked fucking cool. Uh, the other cars, the other villains that he was against looks fucking cool. But what it boils down to is the last of the V8s. That Interceptor, man. That fucking car is is everything to me. Yeah. And it, it's in, and also, like, I view Mad Max, Road Warrior, all those movies, they are the same as, as, a, as a Gunslinger movie. They are the same as a Samurai movie. Whereas... The tropes are, you know, the hero comes into town, messes things up, kills the bad guy, but they can't retire, like, because they're only good at one thing mm. and they have to move on. They can't just stay there, you know? Where And, and so for gunslingers, it's how they shoot. Samurais, it's how they, you know, uh, attack with their sword. And for Mad Max, his car is him. It is his gun. It is his sword, you know? It's an extension of him. I cry every time when it gets, you know 
if it gets destroyed. I don't want to spoil anything for you. <laughs> if, um, if, 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 exactly. You uh, cry I mean, every isn't... time if it gets destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> Just the thought of it for you makes you cry. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, dude, it's it's awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, Fury Road, bro. I mean, oh we can talk God. about that. <laughs> no, Fury Road is so good. And like visiting Mad Max um, for that for our podcast, it was so great. It was such a great experience. And um, I could really get that vibe you're talking about where his thing is his car and the road. And like in, in Mad Max, he's like, no, I want to quit my job because if I go too much on that road, if I go too fast in my car, I'm going to become one of them. And then, like, at the end, he does. Like, he becomes Mad Max. And so, like, that just makes me pumped for the next movie. I want to see what he's doing on that road with that car when he's just kind of letting it go. Um, Yeah, I just... You're in for a ride, buddy. I know. And, I I, like, I've listened to... I've actually listened to a lot of podcasts, like, on Mad Max and Fury Road... Or, um, sorry, uh, Road Warrior. So I kind of know a little bit of the plot going into it. um, And know that, like, Road Warrior is kind of like... George Miller saying like, okay, well, you liked that movie. Like, here's what I can do. If you give me like a little bit more money, here's what I can actually do. And then Fury Road, I think is that like the ultimate, it's like, oh, you liked Road Warrior? Well, here's even more what I can do. Like, I can really give you what you want with that. Yeah. And Fury Road is just like, yeah, the, it's so high octane. Like there's, it, it's just action, action, action. The yeah. whole movie, you're on the edge of your seat. I think there's like a point in the movie where it kind of cuts to black. And like, that's the first time I realized I breathed in the movie. You're like, <laughs> oh my God, I just breathed. Like, have I been breathing this whole time? I'm not sure. And and yes, everything you said is, is absolutely on point. But once you've seen the movie so many times, what I really hone into, what I love about George Miller is his world building. Oh, totally. He'll, he'll, he, he knows, and, and it's so evident in Fury Road, there, there's so much dialogue that on its surface, you kind of don't really understand what they're saying or what they're meaning. But at the same time, you know that the characters do. And that's yeah. all that matters, you know. And and he stays consistent with his world building. You know, like I just I always use, for example, uh, uh, um, Slash in, in uh, Fury Road, yeah. uh, his, um, Nux's co-pilot. And when you see that first war boy get shot in the neck and he, he blows up, you know, uh, he's witnessed me that whole first time. You know, like you're watching it and like everyone's, you know, doing the witness me and everything. But then Slash is like, you know, mediocre, more soft. And like the whole time I'm like, it wasn't until I watched it with subtitles that I was like, oh, he's saying more soft. That's the guy's name. And uh. like, and I was like, oh, and, and, and Slash is just an antagonist. So he's like just yelling mediocre when everybody, because he, he because he's a contrarian, you know? Right. And it's just like, you know, and then even when, when. You know, Nux goes to punch it. Slash also says like "fang it," and I don't know what that means, but it means makes your car go faster. They, it's like I love it. And then in Mad, and then in Mad Max, the original Mad Max, you know, like he doesn't explain what the different cars are, but one's a, like Max has uh, an interceptor. Mm-hmm. The other guys like Big Bopper and everything. They have pursuit specials, and I like how. And then and then when you know the Mad Max gets the last of the V8s, yeah. you know, and all, like there's like mythos to these cars. Like it's his car is like Excalibur, you know, like it's unique that that interceptor, the the black one that he finally gets is is unique. And it's the last of them because they destroyed uh, the one that that Knight Rider took because he stole it, you know, and and it's it's so dude, there's just like 
I love that shit, man. I love just sitting there and be like, oh, so this happened because of this? They don't tell you in the movie. You just know it because it, you piece it together, you yeah. know? But the fact that, like, George Miller knows it. And and that's the shit that I love. I love it. You know, like you said earlier, you know, uh, show don't tell. And and he does that. And he'll just... I mean, even though the weird thing is he's showing his world building through dialogue, he doesn't just, like, you know, all of a sudden, you know, Slash doesn't turn to the camera saying, well, you know, fang it means this. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just totally. like, uh, uh, you know, so it's just like, yeah, I love that shit, dude. I love it when they don't explain it to you, but that the, but the creator knows what it is. Yeah. It, it It's when you're watching it, you might be like, you don't like really, you're trying to figure it out at first. You don't really want to get into it. But once you get into it, then you're just part of the world. You're like, okay, this is just how they talk. This is what they're talking about. I find that like Miller in building his worlds, he builds like, such expansive worlds with just his characters in the background like that guy's wearing a hockey mask and he's doing that just because he wants to <laughs> like he yeah. made that choice he know and there's some reason why he made that choice and george miller knows it he knows why yeah. that guy's wearing that he knows why this character is like climbing on the barn and is like doing cat noises like he knows mm -hmm. why that character is doing that i don't need to know i just know that this is part of the world when we like when we're living our life, we don't know everything, right? You might come right, across, yeah. you might come across something and you feel like weird and you feel like this is out of my element. And that's, that's what those movies create. Like they mm -hmm. create that feeling of like, Oh man, I don't know this world. And so I'm like, I'm nervous. I'm nervous to be in this world. It's really cool. I love, I love the movies that I've seen so far, which is just Mad Max and Fury Road. And I can't, I can't wait to see the others, but he, he builds those worlds kind of like, um, kind of like Star Wars, which I think is why yeah. why probably you like it so much as well as me. It's like Star Wars has that type of expansive world where it's like there's that character in the background and I want to know yeah. everything about them. They yep. look so fucking cool. I want to learn everything about them. And I feel that way about Mad Max. Yes, yes, ex yes, a hundred percent, dude. Absolutely, yeah, dude. I love, I love world building like that. Yeah. Like you said, it doesn't matter if I don't understand what's happening. The fact that that the creator does. And that it stays consistent. That's when you know that the person who built the world, they know it, they understand it, because it stays consistent the entire time. I'm I hate inconsistency totally. in a movie. Yeah. It's like it's like just don't do the thing you want to do if yeah. you're not gonna do it right. Just come up with another way to do it. Totally. Um but yeah, and, and and of course, like just the the the, the cars and everything—it's it's awesome, dude. I can't wait to hear you guys talk about Road Warrior. Yeah, man, and like I I kind of had a feeling it would be on your list, and so I had like the movies I wanted to watch. I wanted to watch all these movies for this episode, and I got a little bit ahead of schedule. So I was like, should I watch? um road warrior like i know it's gonna be on this list should i watch road warrior i had it all queued up i had it ready to go and i was like no you know what i'm gonna let him talk about road warrior i'm gonna wait i'm gonna wait because we're gonna do it on the podcast so i'm gonna wait for it so i didn't watch it but i'm so pumped to watch it nice nice dude i i can't wait yeah. i can't wait bro um great list but what is your 90s uh honorable mention oh my 90s honorable mention here we go okay with classic guitar cases, such as <laughs> bullet firing guitar case and rocket oh. launching guitar case, uh -huh. my honorable mention is the 1995 Antonio Banderas and Salma Hayek movie Desperado. Yeah, oh, dude, that's a good one. I was obsessed with this movie when I was a kid. I was so obsessed with it. I did not even fucking know it was a sequel. No idea until I was an adult that Desperado was a sequel. I was just like, oh yeah, oh, yeah. like that guy just had some shit happen to him and they told us about it. It's like, I didn't know that it was 
was like a sequel to like another movie where that shit actually happened in the movie. Yeah. Oh man, I was so into this movie. Like probably because it's like maybe the sexiest movie ever. I don't know. Like, for, I mean, everyone in it is hot. So, everyone in you it know. is hot. Antonio Banderas is so sexy in this movie. Like Salma Hayek is so sexy in this movie. Like I just can't get enough of every single scene. There is like an element of comedy to this movie that like I just can't get over like it is it makes me laugh every fucking time I watch the movie it is so funny and and Danny Trejo like one of his not one of his first performances because he's been around for a while for sure but like kind of like one of his big breakout performances great a great performance a great like character in the movie there's a part in the movie where like the the bad crew the bad guys go and shoot him because they think he's like he they think he's the guitar guy they think he's Antonio yeah. Banderas and they just like drag him back to the boss and he's on the phone with like whoever his boss is and explaining who that yeah. guy is that he sent and they have him like dead on the floor the movie's so funny like I laugh so much in this yeah. movie like Buscemi, Steve Buscemi in this movie, like small bit of him, but he's so funny. Um, Tarantino in this movie has a fucking great scene where he's telling a hilarious joke. Mm-hmm. I just like, I threw this movie back on to rewatch it for this, for this podcast. Oh my goodness. It hit me with every beat. I knew every beat of this movie. I must've watched this movie a hundred times when I was a kid. It like <laughs> the gun violence, I think just like the over the top, um, like being shot with a, just a gun and being like thrown back. Like they were on wires and being like pulled back into the room, like flying 20, 25, 30 feet because they got shot like in the chest. I think just like that over the top was so visual for me. It was so visually striking. And then, yeah, just the movie being like so sexy, like everybody. And it. it's just like, Oh my goodness. Like just, <laughs> This movie is hot. <laughs> dude. I mean, that some Hayek, unbelievable, oh, dude. Yeah, totally. Just, holy shit. Um, and, yeah. and I loved like, I love killers with like with like concept not concepts but gimmicks i love like totally. when, when like a hitman has a gimmick yeah and you know antonio banderas and then the guys with the guitars and stuff like that the best. i love that kind of shit it's man the it's best, it felt man. like a comic book it felt like a comic book come to life i i never even thought of that that is 100 true it was a comic book come to life it was the action once it hit you was just so high level like it was it was so intense and i was like into every scene and then the in-between parts did also feel like comic dialogue like building the characters they build the characters and then we're gonna get right back to fucking shooting people Mm -hmm. and action oh my goodness like i was so into this this is probably my favorite like antonio banderas performance like he is just so cool so i just want to be him in this movie like he's got like this super long hair i think i'm just envious of anyone who has long hair i mean i'm (laughs) losing yeah my hair is gone like i just wear hats all the time now because my hair is gone i love hair and his hair just like draping over his eyes man this guy Awesome. Yeah, dude. He he. Jesus Christ, he's cool as shit, man. So in, in cool. That movie. So cool. And I love Robert. I love Robert Rodriguez films. Yeah, me um, too. I, I, like, I probably maybe spin a little bit more towards like Sin City or something. Yeah. You know, like if I were gonna watch it these days, um, a buddy of mine back in college, he's still one of my closest friends, Alex. Um, he loves Desperado. He like that was right up his alley. I've seen it a ton. But it's not like, you know, one of my hardcore, like, loves. Like I said, I, w- yeah. I would probably watch, uh, you know, Sin City or I like I also like Machete, too. But that's just because Michelle Rodriguez, like, when I saw that in the theater oh, yeah. and, and, sh- and she first steps out 
of the ambulance like with her eye patch but she's wearing like that that bikini thing her body was insane i think i legit like an anime character got a nosebleed and almost passed out totally when I saw yeah that. that's amazing yeah <laughs> michelle rodriguez is just like the greatest like yeah, the greatest so any in any movie is the best yeah because i know also too like like the crushes that i had when i was real young like i liked the baroness in gi joe like i like i like the bad girls i like the the you know kind of sort of scary but still sexy you know yeah yeah totally like like the the tough girls like the girls that get shit done you know like that's i was totally the same like that's i was like yes like you take control of this movie and that that is the best (laughs) i'm into that and that's why, I mean, dude, I, I love, maybe it's because I was raised by a single mom who I think is one of the strongest people I know, but I love strong female characters. Me too. I man. love uh, Furiosa and, yeah. and, you know, Fury Road. I, I love Ellen Ripley. I, I just, I, I don't care. I love Sonya Blade from Mortal Kombat. Yeah. I've never, even as a kid, I, I never thought uh, women were at all uh, lesser. <laughs> if anything, I, I actually labor under the idea that, that they're stronger than us in every single way possible you know totally man so, like, i 100 agree like my favorite characters are the the strong females like that is yeah. just my vibe that is my lane um if ever there's like a movie that comes up where it's like it's gonna be like females who are just like crushing the movie and kicking ass my yeah. wife's always like oh you're gonna love this movie yeah, <laughs> i'm like yeah dude. you're right i'm gonna fucking love this movie Oh, dude, I fucking uh, I love Gina Carana in in uh, Mandalorian, yeah, but man. I also loved her in, in Haywire. Um, but oh totally. my god, I have the biggest crush on her, dude. Yeah, I love she fucking her so rocks. Much. She's great, dude. Freaking awesome, bro. Freaking yeah, awesome. Great, great pick, by the way. Thank you. Um, uh, so I guess so that one's not going to be on our '90s list, and mine's not either. Right? Yeah, we're gonna the have to leave gonna it say. off, even though it's like okay. maybe it's my number I know. one. I know, I, I know. Right? Honestly, like, I haven't like, made the fuck. list, so it might not be my number one, but like we're going to leave it off the list. No problem. Yeah. Okay. All right. Same with mine then, too. Um, the 90s, and that's the thing is, like, when I started looking through the 90s, I was like, oh, probably because, you know, I was a little bit older at that point, totally. too. So I probably, there, there was a shit ton of uh, rated R eight, 90s movies that are awesome. And but, o- um, honestly, like, I, th- I feel like Die Hard kind of kicked that off. Yeah, you know, like yeah, the bro, 80s yeah. were trying to figure it out. They were trying to figure out the R-rated actions, and there's like a wide range of stuff. But as soon as Die Hard hits, it's like, oh, we fucking get it. Boom, yeah. here's all these amazing 90s movies. Yeah, and even with like, it beca- because it became like, oh, we can also have the muscle-bound Arnold movies. Like yes. we, we didn't, we, they, like those didn't go away. No, totally. We just, as, we just as a society said, oh, but we'll now also accept the average Joe action Totally, you know, man, yeah. We're like, yeah, bring that too. We like that too. Yeah, yeah. Br- bring it br- all. Bring both <laughs> of them. <laughs> bring it, bring we'll it all. We'll go to the theater bring- and see everything. Not how yep. it is now, but we will do that <laughs> in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So my honorable mention um I don't have a quote from it, <laughs> but no just problem. picture picture me, picture me with a gun, obviously, because these are action movies. Right, right. Picture me covered in flour, like white, covered in flour, okay, with a tooth with a toothpick in my mouth, like oh, on top of the bad guy with my gun pointing at his head, and then I spit my toothpick on him, and then blood splashes me in the face, and I am of course talking about 1992's John Woo's. Hard Boiled, starring Chow Yun Fat. Oh yeah, your crush, Chow Yun oh, my, Fat. My crush, man. Uh, do, are you familiar with Hard Boiled or you know the what? Killer? I am not familiar with it. I think I did see it like when I was younger, but I I don't have like vivid memories of it. So you're gonna have to fill me in on it. 
I mean, he's he's a hard-boiled detective, and yeah. uh, and when you listen to the split-second episode uh, next week, you'll know that I have such a love for like cliche hard-boiled detectives. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, totally, yeah, man. Like, Fuck yeah. smoking cigarettes, yeah. you know, doing just like drunk all the time. Although he's he's not as like he's not as like gross, you know, of of the hard-boiled, but yeah. he is drinking. He's not That's listening lane, to his man. superiors, you know. Yeah. My that lane, kind of like my, my like book lane, like if I ever want to read a book, it's a detective novel. And that detective, that novel better open on chapter one and he's drunk. Like I need mm-hmm. that. You better open on that <laughs> shit. You better tell me how bad his life is. And then he just is a detective to get paid, like to go paycheck to paycheck and yep. like just to buy booze. Cause that's all I want out of my detective. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, if I don't open the first page and it doesn't say he's drunk. Yeah. If it, if it doesn't say <laughs> I like that. I put down my eighth whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm closing the book. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Um, yeah, dude, it's like, you know, in, in looking back, like at the time, right? So John, the John Woo movies, that's the reason we got the two handguns, right? That, yeah. that the 90s. Totally. They were so prominent in the 90s. Yeah. That came from John Woo. Uh, you know, you see it even in Reservoir Dogs for a split second. You know, Tarantino True. loves yeah. that shit. Um, and it looks so fucking cool yeah. like john woo that movie is like it's one of those movies where it's like 90 percent style 10 percent story yeah you yeah. know and 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 the style is just it's 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 wrapped inside of action it's just like the end of the fucking movie is like a 20 minute shootout it's like oh, it's john wick before john wick you know amazing. it's it's we wouldn't have any of these these movies now that we have without you know, uh, hardball, probably the killer, you know, obviously the killer to yeah. a better tomorrow, but mostly like just John Woo, Chow Yun Fat kind of movies. And, you know, this one, I, back in the day, back in, in you know, the early mid nineties, you would, st- I could only find a movie like that at a comic book convention, you know, uh, right, with yeah. the, the, in the dealer's area, yeah. um, all the bootleg shit, you yeah. know, and, and I'm not going to lie. I, you, Back in those days, you kind of had to buy the bootleg because yeah. there was no other option to get it. So I remember just staring at the TV at the comic book convention, watching this insane action unfold. Uh, you know, he it, this famous shot of Chai and Fat sliding down a banister while he's like, you know, unloading with his guns and people are getting, you know, shot and everything. Yeah. And the thing is, like, John, or, uh, John Woo does not use, like, a lot of squibs he's not like a squib guy because he actually doesn't really like the violence but he likes the ballet of of the gunplay you know and so so the the hits are kind of like more the explosive hits not the the bloody hits you know and uh dude it's just it's great but man you can't find like a a good copy Uh, i'll warn everybody out there i believe the only blu-ray copy out there is a bullshit transfer it is garbage it's not even like the correct aspect ratio from my understanding so it's kind of actually hard to find a good version of it otherwise we would have reviewed it on on podcasting after dark totally yeah yeah so so dude if you get a chance though if you ever get a chance oh totally check it out i will because like I have two lanes of watching movies. Like I can put on my critic hat. I like to like take it off. I I don't like to wear it very often because I used to like, 
I used to critique movies, like write about them for websites. And I'm like, I'm kind of done with that. I'm done with just like critiquing a movie, whether it's good or bad. I just want to put on my vibe hat. And it's like, does this movie vibe with me or not? So I totally get like 90% of a movie being a vibe and just like being just all show. And it's like, I don't care about the story. Just give me, make me feel good in these two hours. I'm going to watch this movie. That's what I'm all about now. So I'm totally going to check that out. I, I hope so. And maybe it might be streaming somewhere. It could be YouTube. You know, sometimes sometimes you'll actually find something that's totally. hard to find yeah. and actually find it streaming on YouTube. Yeah. You know, um, I'm going to track yeah, it down. It's, and and uh, did you I know you're now not a vi- big video game guy, but do you remember uh, PS3? Yeah. PlayStation 3 had this game called John Woo's Stranglehold and it had uh, Chayun Fat in it. Um, I don't remember. No. And it was like one of the first games where they like touted up the fact that they scanned Chai Yun Fat's face into it, oh, okay. you know, and everything. Okay, yeah. And and I I have it, and actually now it's kind of like I think it's kind of hard to find, but it actually comes with uh, a copy of Hard Boiled like on the disc. Oh, but cool. it is it's garbage. Oh, it's shit. one of those it's one of those <laughs> shitty transfers where like it sits in the middle of your screen. What the hell? With all yeah. the, oh, I hate that Huck, shit, dude. Come on, so give much. us something good. Come <laughs> on. Yeah. Oh yeah, my goodness. A... I'm gonna I'm gonna try to track it down because um that sounds right on my alley for sure. And and I need to I need to uh rewatch Desperado, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> I mean like I hadn't seen it in years and just throwing it into like prep for the podcast just make sure i watched all the movies oh my goodness it just rocked it fucking rocked it just was like 100 percent. i knew it beat for beat um tarantino's cameo is, is fucking hilarious <laughs> i like i remembered that he was in the movie but i didn't really remember that he just tells us <laughs> hilarious joke in like the most tarantino way like he must have wrote that scene man it's just fucking good I, I yeah I think so. It's good. Oh dude, oh from Dust Till Dawn, man. That's a yeah. That's another one that I love. That is a great movie. That's another yeah another movie with Selma Hayek and Tarantino in it. <laughs> dude, Selma Hayek looks amazing in that movie. That movie I watched. That was another movie I watched when I was like twelve or thirteen, and I was like thought where I knew where the movie was going, and then I was like, what the fuck is this? Right, and yeah. like I saw that. I think it came out in ninety six. I think so I I think or 97 so I was probably either just graduated high school somewhere around there and I was so mad that the trailers gave away the vampire shit because I had no idea yeah yeah I wish I had your experience you know I wish I didn't know um side note apparently that was supposed to be the first of the Tales from the Crypt movies and I don't know if Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez decided to sort of like not you know, kind of take it back or, okay, or they were still yeah. working on it and they went with uh, demon Knight instead. Right, okay. But, but knowing that dude, it totally feels like a tales from the crypt. For concept. sure. 100%. That is that vibe. Yeah. I can, yeah. That really would have worked. It's, I mean, and the cool, the concept of like, of these vampires being like, uh, what Aztec or something yeah. and like yeah. taking the whole concept of like, like blood sacrifices, you know, that we all know did happen, but now they're spinning it saying they happened for a different reason that we, than we think. Right. And that's because yeah. they were vampires. I love that shit. That's great. Amazing. I love it when yeah. you take something that we all know and be like, oh, but, but, and you don't change anything. Like yeah. you don't change anything about what we know. You just say, oh, but it was actually just, you got to look at it from this point yeah. of view, yeah. you know? Dude, that's my favorite fucking vibe you can i you love came it i love talking vibes, back baby. to talk about uh the wake and like <laughs> yeah. scott snyder the yep. writer of that book yep. that's his whole fucking deal his deal yeah. is that he just puts a spin on something that happened that's my vibe i love that shit 
Dude, have you seen Underwater yet? Yes, I've seen Underwater. I loved Underwater. I did too. I very, it's very, good. very much enjoyed that movie. Yes, yes, it was great. Yeah. I liked it a lot. I'm a sucker for uh, underwater monster movies. Me too, me too. And it's like, I really like like watching horror movies. I really like watching a movie and being really scared. Like, I like what that does to me. Um, and I'm, as you know, I'm terrified of water. So any yeah. fucking movie that has, like, water monsters or any sort of, like, I'm stuck in this water, that's just, like, hits me hard. I'm so panicked in that movie. And I love, like, when the movie ends and I can shut it off and I'm on my couch. And I'm, I'm <laughs> it's almost like therapy to me or something because I'm like, oh, no, wait, I am safe. It's okay. Um, I love any kind of underwater movie. Oh, dude, me, me too, buddy. Me too. I, and then, of course, now I'm thinking, oh, let's do a top uh, five underwater movie. Yeah. <laughs> How many hours oh, you got tonight? Let's just record them all I now. <laughs> I know. I still have uh, some some whiskey left. Perfect. So. Perfect. <laughs> oh, my, my wife's going to have to find a way home because I have, I have the car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, dude, this was awesome, man. So much I, fun. I, I'm sorry that it took so long. Uh, I haven't been doing the watch list for a while because uh, we I did so many. Uh, I queued so many up back in the day, and uh, I'm not going to do that again. I want to I want to do the more like you know currently yeah. type of thing. Um, but uh, I'm glad to finally have you on here and 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 pick your brain about these. Movies. Yeah, man, it's it's been great. I've been like looking forward to it. Um, I'm I'm really glad that uh, I got to have the shirt for it. So I'm glad you took so long that I had the shirt. Um, it's good It's good that I wasn't back-to-back with Tim because, like, he was such a perfect guest. I want to space. I want to space it, you know? I don't want to be right next to him. Then everyone will know I'm the weakest link on the podcast. We got to no, have the spacing. No, no. <laughs> no dude. I, uh, you guys are both – you both bring something different to the table, and yeah. that's what makes – that's what makes all the great shows great, you know? And that's – I mean, uh, Adam and John do the same thing. I, totally. I love their, their different take on everything. You know, and then of course Zach and I obviously and Zach, bring different yeah. takes on on things, vastly uh, different takes. It's on great, things. yeah, it's great to listen to. Yeah, that that's what makes it all go around. Yeah, guys, can you please check out the the Predator Two episode and also the Friday the Thirteenth episode that you guys did was fantastic. Oh, thanks, I, man. I, I wasn't actually I wasn't expecting that. Not that I have any kind of like say or clue in, into what you guys do, but yeah. like I saw that and I was like, oh. Oh, this is perfect because it came right, basically right around the time where I pre-ordered the uh, Scream Factory uh, Blu-ray set of the uh, the Friday Thirteenth Blu-ray set. Oh, nice. Um, Jason has always been my favorite slasher. You yes, know? yes. And uh, uh, so I was always liked that, but I was like, but I have not seen like parts one through probably four in like forever, okay. right? And I wanted to like like rewatch them, but I was like, once I pre-ordered the box, I was like, I'll just wait. I'll just wait for the box set to come. I'll do that. Yeah. But I was like, oh, so listening to you guys break down the episode and everything, I was like, oh, this is great because I hadn't seen this in forever. So I was like, you know, great. And I you So you guys do the same thing that we do. You kind of break it down. You go through it scene yeah. by scene and inject your comments and everything. So it's a great way to follow along with a movie that, that you haven't seen forever. Ever, and awesome. uh, and I love it, man. The Friday Thirteenth episode was fantastic. The Aliens versus Predator episode is fantastic. The Sinbad episode was fantastic. Oh, thanks, They're man. all fantastic. It's just what is my connection to that movie? Right. But yeah. I love everything you guys are talking about over there. Oh, thanks, man. We have we have a fun time with it. I was actually a little surprised with the Friday Thirteenth as well. Like I love that movie. I love that movie so much. But I, I was unaware that Tim liked it as well. Um, so that was really fun. That was really fun to do that one. 
And it was perfect for cabin record. It was perfect for cabin record. <laughs> yeah. Yes, man. Yes, buddy. You hear that, Tim? Cabin yeah. record. We just high fived right now over <laughs> Skype. It was awesome. <laughs> oh, that's a guys. That's a that's an inside joke with talking back. So go listen to uh, their last two. Uh, what what does Tim call it? Uh, recording? No, uh, podcasting, podcasting at, at the, the cabin. Lake. Podcasting at the lake yeah. or cabin record. Yeah, whatever just... you prefer. Whatever you prefer. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Oh man. Good shit, bro. Uh do you wanna plug any any social media stuff? Anything personal for yourself? Uh, nothing any personal for me. No, just like Talkback Pod is our uh, our Instagram. So if you want to go there, you'll find like some artwork we post, uh if it's a comic or you know, we'll find some artwork for movies and stuff. We'll post all our episodes there. Uh yeah, you can find us there. You can leave comments there. Um I float around in those comments all the time. So if you post something on there, I'll see it and I'll message you back. Yeah, yeah. Dean's very active on Instagram. I, I'm not sure how active you on, are on Facebook because I don't give a rat's ass about Facebook. Yeah, same. Barely yeah. on there. Yeah, exactly. I just so, I just don't post a lot on Instagram, so I don't like plug my own. But like I'm yeah. in a, I'm in the comments all the time. I just don't yeah. make a lot of posts. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I see I see you on there. So and and we're always uh, chatting on on message and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, if I hit hit them up on on Instagram at talk at is it it's Talkback Pod. Talkback right? Pod. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Hit them up on Instagram. Face, same thing on Facebook, Talkback Pod, and uh, you can find them on on basically on our. You can find all our shows, but but specifically as well, Talking Back. You can find all the links on our network website, and that's bfopnetwork.com. That's bfopnetwork.com. And of course, I would be remiss if I didn't say bfop. Like my yeah. buddy uh, Adam says. Yeah. Uh, but you'll you can find all the links. You can find Talking Back on on Podbean, Spotify, uh, you know, Apple Podcasts, all that kind of stuff. Please check them out. Great shows I on plug- there. Great, great I, love, shows on I there. love every single show we have on this network. It is quality, such quality on this network. And it's it's a lot of it has a, it's mostly like a nostalgic spin to things. Yeah, so that totally. that's kind of like what we do. So this was this was fun experience. Expect more from uh, yes. from me and Dean in, in the future. You bet, I've, I've been chomping at the bit to uh, to do a one on one with with Dean. I dude, I am I'm a fan, bro. I am a fan boy. How about that? Hey, I'm a fan boy awesome. of you. So right back at you, man. I'm wearing your shirt right now. Like I am a fanboy of you right now. Like totally. This is I've been waiting for this as well. I'm super psyched. Oh, dude. Oh, that's awesome, man. I I love you, buddy. This is great. You too, man. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, uh, I'm Corey. I'm Dean. (laughs) I don't know. And and this has been Podcasting After Dark Watchlist. I will catch you guys on the dark side. Later. Join the Podcasting After Dark Patreon community to unlock exclusive monthly content like cast interviews and a fan feedback show. Plus, you get every regular episode of Podcasting After Dark completely ad-free. You can also support the show by rating and reviewing us five stars on Apple Podcasts and by recommending us to your friends. Finally, make sure you follow us on Reddit, Instagram, and Facebook for news and updates about future episodes. Just search for... Podcasting After Dark.